Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. selling what I thought were playing cards, but they're not. They were video eights, which I didn't even know was even ever offered. What is a video eight? It's a, it's a, uh, an eight, eight millimeter video movie, which, you know, which was still pretty common even up until 2005 or something, but they sold movies just like a VHS, just tiny little cassette. And one was, Ernest goes to camp, and the other one was like a Richard Gere movie from probably like nineteen ninety. <laughs> oh, so, is that is that Gerbil checks in? Yeah, Gerbil, Gerbil Town. Uh, you know, you know, Gear comes to Gerbil Town. Yeah, so uh, amazing, probably his best you know action role ever because he's like putting so many gerbils up himself. Yeah, until he's, he he's got it's a whole goddamn. It's basically the scene. You know what it is? It's that. Uh, what gerbil uh that movie is about is like you know that scene in in peewee's big adventure where he's trying to rescue all the animals out of the uh burning building except in this one it's peewee and he's just putting them in a cardboard tube that are slowly crawling into richard Gere's ass one after another everybody remembers that line from the movie even though they didn't watch it he says i've come here to shove gerbils up my ass and chew bubble gum and i'm all out of bubble (laughs) all out of bubble gum I really enjoyed the sequel, which was Metal Gear Solid, which is him just trying to take a solid shit after all the gerbils he'd shoved up there. But to, to make a long story short, I know we were diverted from the true meaning of the, the Christmas story we were talking about, but <laughs> so I was like, man, I didn't even know that they sold these VH, these uh, video eights. It's like, oh, wait a second. No, I do remember because they sold them mostly pornos. From <laughs> of course, I was kids. There, I was like, "Oh no, those funny movies that they sold in the eighties." Because like, they mentioned them in Body Double. The guy's like, "Yeah, what do you want it on uh, Super Eight? You want it on uh, videos?" Like, and then I was, and the more I talked about funny movies, the guy's like, "Well, you know that uh, supposedly ninety percent of movies to these in America are uh, funny movies. We do the little finger thing, quote finger things." And then the then the little kid chimes up like. You guys talking about pornos? <laughs> We're like, oh, the kids see through our charade when we say funny movies. Kids are very, kids are very smart. Just yeah. like when Eric's kid, <laughs> Eric's kid was like, Tommy Simbazo, you mean the Footman? It's like, yeah, they get it. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the kid to say, "What's your favorite fetish, you perverts?" Yeah, I I always say funny movies, and I say it's Step Brothers, but we know it's Step Mom. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
always love that scene is like, when is your stepmom going to die so it'll be legal for us to fuck? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I actually oh, have a nice. friend. I have a friend I played rugby with for years and uh, years. And uh, his uh, dad remarried when he was a teenager. And um, so he moved in with his new wife and her daughter was the exact same age as him. And so they were newlyweds and they basically said, yeah, just leave us alone. And he took that as he's like, so they locked us in the house together. And basically the rest of the house became fuck town for us. And <laughs> so he, he, uh, he, uh, basically would bang his stepsister constantly. Cause they were both like 16 and 17 years old. Uh, and they got married in 2000 and like, uh, 15 or 16. Uh, now, his dad was now divorced, so they're not technically stepbrother, stepsister anymore. But at the wedding, as he's walking down the aisle with his new wife, he goes, that's my son, and he banged my daughter. <laughs> like that. <laughs> so. Kind of gross. Yeah, it is kind of gross. But Even you know, if you're not family, it's yeah, kind of gross. It's a, little, it's a little gross. It's a little gross. Um, you hear gross. that at every West Virginia wedding. Yeah. <laughs> West Virginia married my sister. Gonna make some mutant babies on this country road. Can I talk about? I know Eric's I aware we of just, this. Why don't we just kick off the pod? Welcome to the Quality Time Podcast, Ashley. The floor is yours. Uh, well, so Eric's already aware of this, but I would love to talk some shit about a show I did this past week. Yeah, what happened at this show that you did? Is this was this with the the great uh, Brockus Schneider? Or are we not supposed to name drop his show? I don't care. Yeah, love you, Brock. Turn up. Hate, hate doing this. So <laughs> <laughs> I get to DC, which, by the way, you guys know this about me, Eric. If there's one thing, if you ever put a gun to Eric's head. And you go, I need to know, how does Ashley feel about DC? Eric knows the answer, which is she fucking hates it here. Don't ever send Ashley to DC unless she has to. She hates the city. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like I'm 10 minutes from my destination and this guy starts blowing his horn at all of us and I'm a deeply unhinged, psychologically disturbed person. So I just start giving literally everyone the finger. Um, so that was great. So I pull up to the the place, beautiful. It's an apartment complex that I cannot afford to live in. So it's nice to be there. And uh, I see Brock. Okay. And he goes, hey, I need more alcohol. If I give you my card... Will you walk alone in the streets of DC to go get us more alcohol? And I'm like, do I have a choice? And he's like, eh. so, <laughs> so I take his card and I walk over the the block to go to the liquor store. And there is a man there who's very homeless, who's hanging outside, and he goes, "You got a good ass," which is not true. Oh. I'm like. Oh my God! Thank you. And then the next thing it was said, this homeless man, Al Pacino. <laughs> no, but then he goes, you know, God's coming back, and I'm like, doubt okay. it. So, <laughs> what if you were the sign? Like he doesn't say that to anybody, but he, you walked by, he was just like, look at that ass. You know, Jesus is gonna be back tomorrow. This is a sign. Jesus is gonna be coming back, riding on it. <laughs> um, so, so I go inside the liquor store get this this liquor i'm like this is ugh, a nightmare so so brock tips me <laughs> for my trouble and i'm like you got it so come back 
pack show. But before I go on stage, I'm like halfway through this lineup. He comes to me in front of our friend, Ryan Nazer, who I love. And in front of Ryan Nazer, he's like, hey, so like feel out this crowd if you need to go clean or dirty. And I'm like, Brock, you know me. You asked me to do this show. Have you ever seen me do clean comedy? And also, why are you bringing this up minutes before I'm going on stage? And he's like, I just don't want to lose the audience. Like, I just don't want you to ruin the show. Da, 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 da. Hey, and if, you are- could, if you could do me a favor, how about you not be yourself out there, please? People like that better. <laughs> yep. so, so Nazar is standing right there and he goes, oh, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> so I grab, grab, I grab Brock by the face real gentle. I'm like, Brock. Like a teenager at Infinity War, you grabbed Brock. Like, <laughs> no, like I'm going, like I'm going to kiss you almost, right? Like real sweet, mm-hmm. real soft, real gentle. I get real close to him and I go, Brock, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want to say. I'm going to say pussy, cunt, vagina, fuck. I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. And you're going to pay me anyways. He's and like, so was born okay. the Ashley bit, the, the 12 words you're not supposed to say at a Brock show. And uh, <laughs> how, did, how did the show actually go when you got up there, though? They actually, it went, I hate to say they loved me, but like it went, it went very well. People asked, you know, to, for pictures and like my social handles, all that. So it was great. So they loved me. And he comes up after me and he goes, oh, that was great. I can't believe I doubted you. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe you did either. Uh, so that was kind of awful. I had fun, but that was kind of awful. So do you do you not? And this is just a question. I, do you do you not take a, like a little bit of pride in like proving him wrong? Like does that does that hit home for you? Like by you take that as a pure like offensive statement that he said. I'm, I can't believe I doubted you. Instead, like it doesn't. Is it not a boost? Like yeah, motherfucker. Of course. Like it does not feel good. Though I am not like you know ridiculous levels of anger or anything it no it does not feel good that the people you trust to believe in you and support you to your face tell you otherwise i can see that i think i've told this story on the pod before but um umar khan who i think is a very funny comedian i I started out doing comedy about about when umar did and he used to Mm -hmm. come to coco lane a lot which i would host and I remember I was featuring at this show that doesn't exist in Baltimore anymore for a show that CJ Stoddith runs, who Jeremy remembers. Um, but I, I featured, and uh, yes, Jeremy, go ahead. He looks Chinese. He is very Chinese, very Asian. Um, he, uh, he, I get off, and I as I'm doing my set, I can hear Umar. He has a very distinctive laugh, okay? Very mm-hmm. distinctive. It's like this. It's like, <laughs> It sounds like Goofy going off of a cliff. That's kind of what his <laughs> laugh is like. And uh, I hear him after the show, and like I come up, and he says both the the meanest and nicest thing to me I've ever heard somebody say at the same time. He's like, and now granted, I've hosted comedy shows for him at least more than a dozen times before this interaction, mm. right? So he's seen me do jokes, right? right? He goes, oh my God, dude, I had no idea you were funny. <laughs> I was like, it was the, it was the nicest, and it's somehow the most meanest thing I've ever heard somebody said. Yeah, um, it, I, I don't love, you know, I support you. I don't love that someone would say, you know, 
say that, whether to you, whether to me. I just think it's the shitty thing to project onto the people not only doing your show, but people who, like, have worked with you enough times that it's like, yeah. why would you say that? Yeah. Uh, but I do – I don't know. For At least for me, I, I, I like um... – like if somebody thinks I'm bad, the, the, I think I liked the comment more than I hated it, if that makes sense. There was a part where I was like, oh, well, that means you thought I sucked before then. But now you think I'm cool. I, and I, I guess I take it more as a compliment, but that's just me. And it's, I, I don't know. I, that's just the way I feel about it. You take my you take my experience however you want to take no, it. No, I mean I'm talking it's purely about my experience, which is kind of similar to yours. Not I'm not telling you how to feel about yours. I'm just I'm putting my little imprint on it, you know? That's all. It's okay. Oh. I think it's funny. And then I also told Eric I almost got shot on the way home because I got in another altercation with the driver. Yeah, so. why it's what is this level of road road rage that you have out there? You just can't, you can't, do you not, I, I get scared about, I don't know who the fuck just cut me off. They might be a fucking psychopath. I am. But see, that's the fun thing, right? Like, they don't know that I'm the psychopath. They're like, oh, she's a woman. Oh, like I can just, I can beat my horn at her and like I can talk shit and yell out my window. She won't, I don't know, come up to my car and beat the shit out of me and my children. Like it's a fun, it's a fun surprise for everybody on the 395. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Oh, um, there's a, a part of the bet on uh, Wednesday that if I'm actually working and not mm-hmm. laid off. Right. But I've already talked to the guy that works the forklift that I'm going to bring in my guitar and play on the forklift as high as the forklift goes. Wow, because it'll be your last day. That's a good, that's a good thing. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be a brand new day because Wednesday, if I'm working, that means that's a whole new day. That's none for anyone. Hence, forklift, guitar, and raised up almost three, three, uh, 30 feet in the air. What uh, song are you no. thinking? Are you going to play Brand New Day by Sting? Is that what you're going to play? I don't know that song. I hate Sting. <laughs> and I also say fuck the police. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. all three of the police, you know. I think it would be really funny to do a bit with you, Jeremy, where you go to like one of these like anti-cop rallies where like everybody's like, all cops are bastards and you're like chanting them with there like yeah they're like wait a minute you mean like the actual police you're not talking about we're not talking about sting and you just have a picture of like fuck sting from the police like that and you were just you're completely out of place you're like oh also ice t he's the police now And also, fuck Ice T because he plays a cop in movies. Yeah. <laughs> Every breath you take, I'll be stomping you. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, well, that's good, Jerry. I think you're going to make it past your 90th day. I don't. I hope you don't get to play. So, but I have no faith in anything anymore. Not even air. What air. about what about air Limp Biscuit's hit song Faith? Do you have faith in that? I've got it. You mean the Limp Biscuit song? Yeah, yeah. Not the George Michael one. <laughs> you don't have AIDS. Come on. Gotta have AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Oh, gotta have AIDS. Chicken pox. <laughs> Monkey pox. <laughs> I got a blowjob from a guy in a bathroom on I-95, and I gave it to. Um, I do have a... Uh... We have to, look, we have to be open on this show about diseases like mm-hmm. monkeypox that anybody... 
could get monkeypox if they're gay. That is true. That is true. And we're here to spread information direct from the CDC. This is verified, checked, and um, and vetted. I was blowing Fauci the other day, and he said <laughs> even I could get monkeypox. I was going to say it's going to have major ramifications for the 10 listeners that we have. That is true. Hey, it's up to. So much blood coming from my mouth with his dick in my mouth. I think I might have money. I, I do have one. I do have one last story to share about a show I had on Friday night. Um, so I went to the, the Carroll Arts Center uh, to see the to do a little spot for the great Justin Schlegel and Michael Aronin, who I haven't seen before. Hey. Was Justin granting his polar bear plunge? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do have a couple of jokes from it though. So I was wearing my, um, I got a shirt from RoboCop that says that it's the guy who's melted by toxic waste. And he's like <laughs> this on the front. And Justin sees me. He's like, Oh, awesome shirt. I was like, Oh yeah, this is Michael Aronin's merch. I actually, this is him. I just bought this. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that got a laugh out of him. He gets out on stage. His first joke, because he obviously he like saunters out. He's got cerebral palsy, but he can walk. He gets out to like a room full of 300 people out here in Westminster and goes, uh, some people say that I have cerebral palsy. That's wrong. I just forgot to tip my squeegee guy on the way here. <laughs> And the fucking crowd erupts, dude. So he's a he's a fucking pro, dude. He's so funny. Um, but the last Michael Aronin story I have because he got he's so fucking funny. I love I love hanging with that dude. He um he me and Justin noticed that Mike how he was there's a bunch of snacks back there and he's eating Reese's uh Reese's peanut butter cups um the standard size one and and. I watch as Mike Ronan unwraps this thing and he takes it because he's got CP and like this long distance way to his mouth pops. I tilts his head back and I swear I have taken Tylenol that took longer than the the way he ate this thing. It literally like he threw it in the back of his mouth and he just went like that and it just disintegrated in him and, and Justin goes Jesus Christ oh my god please eat one more and let me watch closely this time <laughs> so uh, shout outs to Mike Roden man funny dude I love him to death um, and he fucking crushed it out there um, and so did Tom Nutty and so did Justin it was a great show up there so uh-huh. Um. Anyway, uh, get Alabama as part of this uh, Zoom thing. Yeah, is Alabama going to be joining us? Let me see if I have our guest if he's even messaged us back. Uh, I see that I, he has I, not even looked at any of the messages I have sent. I think we're just gonna, unless we have anything else. You guys ready to just kick off our movie? We did have a guest. I will not put him on um on blast uh because I, I enjoy him in general. Um, but today we are going over a movie that we didn't pick. It was our guest's pick, who is not here, as it's like 2.30 already. We're a half hour into the show. Can we still get Mike Arona? Yeah, let's see if we Mike... <laughs> no, I'm not going to do a Mike Arona <laughs> impersonation. Any of the Evil Dead films. Say what? 
He might have seen the Evil Dead films. Let's just pretend that he did see it if he did. Okay. Well, I don't have Mike Ronan's number. We're going to continue on. With we the- can give him like an extra half hour so he can like make a couple sentences on our show. <laughs> We're doing the 2013 uh, uh, Evil Dead, the remake. It's not a remake. It's, a, it's set within the Evil Dead 1 and 2 and Army of Darkness universe. Uh, but a serious-toned movie directed by uh, Fetty Alvarez, uh, who, oddly enough, I didn't realize this, went on to do another movie that we've already done, Don't Breathe, which is uh, and Don't Breathe 2. So he wrote and directed both of those films uh, and actually recast a bunch of people that are in this one in those movies. So very exciting. Uh, the, uh, the others with the, the creepy kids that can't see the light. Um, I don't know if he did the others. I, I, the only other one I saw on his thing was the, the girl with the, uh, the girl in the spider's web, which is, I believe the sequel to the girl with the dragon tattoo or something. I don't know. Oh, um, which (laughs) I'm not so sure. No, I love that. I love that series. But yeah, the, the girl in the spider's web. I think was even like posthumously written, not even by the original author, and then they made the movie. And I was like, "Ugh!" I was like, "Please leave it alone!" Yikes! Oh, he did Texas Chainsaw too. Well, he did. He did the screenplay for the. No, he did the newest Texas Chainsaw that came out on Netflix. He was the screenwriter for it, um, oh. which I oh, I actually loved the newest Texas Chainsaw. I thought it was great. I really I enjoyed the fuck out of that movie. It gave me everything. I'm glad it exists within the Texas Chainsaw world. Did we want to mention that I got a I got a, 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 a response from Cornac? Uh, yes. So, Jeremy, uh, your favorite thing to do, which is when we go to a different topic, is completely change that. So, continue on. I like about to keep the, uh, the listeners guessing. I like it that Jeremy. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. He has a new thing to bring in. But go ahead, tell us about the message that you sent out and the response you got. Well, I, I sent him a copy of uh, the, the the podcast, and Cornac actually said thanks. And who is Cornac? So our listeners know. Cornack is a uh, he's he's um, he's a magician slash psych, um, psycho um, you know the guys that are into like psych psych psychotic things yeah psychotic so he's a psychotic and he can tell the future and he wears a big turban so that's that's Cornack Cornack the psychic I'm glad and he so he enjoyed the episode yes uh, I don't know if he actually listened to it but he said thanks. And he's obviously the director of Butt Boy. There you go. The director of Butt Boy. So I like it. So the director of Butt Boy knows we exist. And we talked about his movie. That's awesome, man. I, I just wish that on his uh, DVD, he'd, he'd say uh, Richard Gere, five star. Now, if you if you if you had um, Tom Kornack, if he if he said he would do it, but he said part of the caveat of him coming on was you having to um disavow your love for the dark backward and its director would you allow him on the show hell no (laughs) screw itself over the dark backward adam rifkin i've been talking with adam rifkin for two years now i've been sending him copies of uh uh judd nelson talking about uh dark backward on 98 rock 
that I recorded for him. And I, I also have my little shrine to Adam Ripkin. I also uh, <laughs> you know, take my clothes off and just masturbate thinking about Adam Rifkin all the time. So. He actually, Jeremy went as far as he actually has a, he bought a Cal Ripkin jersey that he altered to say uh, Rifkin instead. So now that when he goes to Orioles games, he has an Adam Rifkin jersey. Uh, also, the, the name of the, it, it's not the Ironbirds anymore. It's called the Dark Backwards. The dark back. I hate you. God damn it. So fucking much. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. So Fetty Alvarez uh, ended up directing and writing this adaptation of Evil Dead. Um, just some fun facts about this movie to start out with. This is, I think, the funniest fact about this movie. Okay. Um, this fan. This film is currently banned in the Ukraine for being too violent. Really, this movie, the the Ukraine, who's currently in the thr- in the in the thralls of war, this is a bad movie because it's way it, we can't handle how scary <laughs> this movie is. Instead of the living horror that is outside, uh, this movie's way worse. Do you think they still have what is it that Siberian film? <laughs> oh yeah, a Serbian film. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank you, Serbian. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we watch movies where baby gets fucked, no problem. Um, this is this is good. Um, Puts hair on chest. <laughs> um, a little, a little other fun fact is uh, the the main characters here. If you take the first letters of every character, which is David, Eric, Mia, Olivia, and Natalie, uh, it actually spells out the word demon. So look at that! Isn't that a fun little little tidbit in there? Um, I'm just gonna say it if you don't mind, Eric, mm-hmm. up top because I was going to bring it up at some point. It is absolutely stupid to me that she is not named Ashley in this movie. I'm sorry. It's such an easy, like, why? Why not call her Ashley? Well, I actually have an answer for that. There actually is a reason that she's not named Ashley, and there is no character named Ashley in it. So um, when uh, Sam Raimi um, and Bruce Campbell were... uh, approached about doing a new evil dead movie or one like a modern version uh originally sam raimi was all about it he was like yeah fucking use that fucking property make me more money i don't give a fuck yes make another evil dead um originally though this was cast uh, ash was supposed to be recast as either marlon wayans or uh, another, there was some other name actor that, like, on a Marlon Wayne's level that was supposed to be cast in this movie. And they decided to scrap that because Bruce Campbell wouldn't sign off on there being a new Ashley Williams within the Evil Dead world. So his only caveat is, like, I'm the only Ash. I don't care what happens if you use Deadites, blah, blah, blah. But Ash wants to be the only Ash that there ever is. Hey, Bruce. Go fuck yourself. That's a horrible <laughs> idea. This was perfect. If you're working with a woman, why not? Uh, I hate it. Why not call her Ashley? I hate that. I, I think I, I think she should have been named Bruce. Uh, that would have been the only way that would have made sense for me at that point. <laughs> um, so... But every girl in this uh, in this f- film, the leading cast is a scream queen. Actually, uh, 
Gene Levy uh, gained more recognition with uh, Fetty Alvarez's film Don't Breathe in 2016. Elizabeth Blackmore is best known for The Vampire Diaries in 2009. Uh, and Jessica Lucas was previously appeared in The Covenant 2006, Cloverfield, and Amusement in 2008. So every, every girl in this movie has been in multiple horror films uh, prior to this. So the the lead girl, um, before she even did Resident Resident Evil, sorry, Evil Dead, um, she was actually in a film that I knew from high school called Fun Size. And I remember her because she's like not the lead. She's like a sidekick character. And she really stood out to me because she put Nair on her ass and then got chemical burns on her butt and it itched the whole movie. And I connected with her so much because I was like, that is a woman that understands me and has been where I've been. Don't put Nair on your privates. It hurts like shit. Wow. Um, how many, what, I mean, did you just try to get the mound cheese off there or did, how far did you go with this Nair? Well, if you put it, let me just put it this way. If you put it on your lips and on your back door, um, cause you're like, Oh, I'm going to be like soft, like a baby. Um, I will let you know it burns quickly because it's such sensitive skin. Yeah, I've, I've um, had it on me like on a, on just my leg before, and it wasn't pleasant at all. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, do you get that baby smooth skin sort of uh, within like a few minutes if you're not careful? Do you kind of start to look like Freddy Krueger down there? Yes. <laughs> oh, you look like our lead after she takes a shower. Am I right? All right. Um. God, yeah, I can't imagine doing it. I imagine like you slathered it on and it was like the the rated X version of Home Alone when he does the aftershave, but it's just like you going like this to your pussy going, ah! Trying to get it off is kind of like the mirror scene from Poltergeist where I'm just trying to like peel it off of me. Oh, God. Oh, that sounds, it's um, it sounds horrible. Um, so. It's healed then, and yes, the hair does grow back. <laughs> so uh i do like how this opens i like the opening of this movie very much where it's like a girl who's just wandering around in the woods you get a nice deadite burn right from the very beginning where she gets tied up and it's the classic daddy please don't do this to me please don't light me on fire um and one thing you'll notice is that the old lady who's in there reading uh like some of the i guess she's like reading some incantations and like encouraging the burn to happen uh she actually shows up in ash versus evil dead uh episode i believe one uh she's the old lady in the trailer his landlord that fucking goes ape shit on him and then ash has to fucking cut her up so she's in two evil deads uh things. i didn't i didn't realize that i just love that you have to be ugly to do necromancy <laughs> that is it is a prerequisite actually so uh, uh, I do love this as she's pleading uh, for this. And then you get a classic kind of evil dead moment. I just want you to hold me and take me home. Please. I will rip your soul out, daddy. I love you, baby. And you get the boomstick, you get fire, and you get what I like to call just a regular response from having a teenage daughter. Um, that 
I will rip your soul out, Daddy. <laughs> You're not even there yet. <laughs> uh, I'm close. I'm close enough. I got like one more year in me. Um, so uh, I do it. You get the boomstick. You get everything. It's a nice hot opening for the Evil Dead. Jeremy, your thoughts on the opening sequence here? Uh, you know, I'm real religious. You know, I'm all about you know burning people alive. So <laughs> all right. So, uh, Mia, uh, we then get to um, meet the rest of our cast, uh, which is uh, the, the rest of them are taking Mia to a remote cabin so she could kick her good old drug addiction with her friends and her brother, David. Uh, you find out that she's OD'd and had to be brought back to life. Her heart has actually stopped. Um, but she can't seem to stand the smell of this place. It's as if in the cellar there is a little fucking 50 dead rodents and cats hanging up down there. Can I just say, though, I love that she looks way too pretty for a drug addict. I love that she doesn't really look that bad. And they're just like, oh, yeah, she's a total junkie. And I'm like, how? Her eyes aren't sunken. She's not, like, anorexic. She's not missing any teeth. I call bullshit. I think it could have been done better. Well, I, that's the only thing. That's the thing that bothers me. I think we're stereotyping drug addicts because, listen, look at Artie Lang. That guy could snort a pound of cocaine a day, and he couldn't lose a pound to save his life. You're right. I do know some fat drug. <laughs> there's, nobody, there's nobody hotter than Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, that party, is true. Party, she parties harder than Charlie Sheen. I think it's and it does. They don't make it clear what she's into. It looks is she getting rid of pills? So she's like a pill popper, opiates, or is it is it meth? It's powder. Or, it's powder. It's powder when she okay. pours it down the well. Interesting. Are you, are you going to skip over the most important part of this movie? What's the most important part, Jeremy? That it starts off that she's doing a sketch sitting on an Oldsmobile Delta 88 in the backyard. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that Oldsmobile, that broken down Oldsmobile in the um, uh, in that scene. Now, apparently the nerds online, the evil dead nerds have tracked down that that is not a uh, the right Oldsmobile that she's sitting on. They said the, the 74, which I believe is actually... Um, Sam Raimi's actual car that's in every movie he does. Uh, the, he's a, they say that's not it. This is a completely different Oldsmobile that they had to use. They theorize this is because at the same time this movie was being made, um, Sam Raimi had converted it to the Wagon of Oz because it's hidden within the Oz movie that he ha- that he did um, that he's filming at the exact same time this movie is being filmed. So it just couldn't even be in both places at the same time. So this is the one Evil Dead thing where you don't get to see the the olds, the Delta. Now those Delta 88s must be getting real uh, hard to get these days. Yeah, I saw one online that uh, somebody was selling on Facebook Marketplace, like a really good replica version of it, and it was only like six grand. And I was like, God, if I didn't have pipes that needed fixing, let me tell you, I still wouldn't go to California to go get it. <laughs> um, it is a cool car, though. Uh, but you could. By, uh, by the way, somebody asked me my ultimate um, vehicle. Really, really, I went deep. I went deep, and I don't know if it still exists. But the guy that got really screwed over by his business and made the death mobile that was like a caterpillar made into a tank. <gasps> the kill dozer. Yeah, kill dozer. Man, yeah. that would be a vehicle to own. I mean, that is a yeah. tank that if if you didn't drop into a basement, it'd still be kill dozing today. So, like, can I get some more gas? 
so I can keep on <laughs> killdozing. Excuse me, ma'am. Can I have some more gas for my killdozer, please? Thank you. I do, I I do love killdozing. If I give you more gas, I no. I do okay, love. That. I want to keep killdozing. That that killdozer documentary movie is the greatest thing ever. It literally is like. Um, what if Milton from The Office had welding skills? That is what Killdozer is, right? It's just, I've asked you very politely that please don't push me anymore. Because uh, you never know who's going to weld a fucking tank and take down City Hall. Hey, you, you turned off my water. Um, <laughs> make a Killdozer now. You know. I'm telling you, people wouldn't honk their horns at me in traffic if I'm like, oh, oh, you've got a problem? Say it to my Killdozer. Just grunting down 395. You turned off my water. Uh, you're, you're shutting down my street. I can't run my business. I'm gonna make. <laughs> I hope I don't have to burn the city to ashes because of this. Um, God, with Eric having that mustache, he does even look like Mill. <laughs> if I have to go ahead and start uh, tearing down all the structures in town, uh, I'm gonna get a five star GTA rating. But in real life, okay. Thank you. Now, if you want to go and sing into my can, I'll give you five dollars. <laughs> Why are we popping? <laughs> I know it's the same. I know it's the same actor, but we've hopped so many movies. Yeah. Hi, I'm in Barry. Okay, so um. <laughs> I don't, so uh, uh, they go down there, they find that, but they also find all these dead animals in the fruit cellar, as well as the Necronomicon and a boomstick. So they're up, you know, one evil book, one boomstick down there. Um, Eric, uh, of course, can't help himself and has to do the whitest of things, which is uh, I have to open this book that's covered with barbed wire. He had to go find tools to even open it. Uh, and not only that, the thing that says, please don't read this out loud, he he reads aloud anyway and uh, unleashes all hell upon the cabin. Ladies, this is a perfect example of if he wanted to, he would. Like, if he's willing to, to rip open a book to get to it, he can take you out and buy you flowers. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't want to wear a condom, he will unleash, uh, unwrap another thing, a piece of flesh out of it, though, that's covered in barbed wire. So, um, the sad thing is that, that he couldn't actually read the ancient Kandarian, and there wasn't like a reel to reel tape of somebody that actually read the translations. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, are you saying what if he had the reading skills of Eric and Eric's yeah. trying to read the Necronomicon? Hey, there are benefits to being illiterate. I could never start an Evil Dead situation by myself. Excuse me, stewardess. I read Kandarian. <laughs> so, uh... Uh, he reads from it. He unleashes hell. Uh, it immediately goes, attacks, and possesses Mia and starts the mind games with her, uh, who the gang just dismissed as withdrawal because, you know, listen, she's just being kooky because she's not on her drugs. Uh, she, also, she then goes, steals the station wagon because she wants to get the hell out of there from seeing her weird demonic self in the woods, ends up crashing it, and then gets tree raped, which is uh, a staple of the... Uh, um, uh, uh, Evil Dead franchise and how I like to celebrate Arbor Day. Um. Well, uh, that's that's great, Eric. <laughs> um, I was going to say that they should have had an alternative title to this called uh, Mark of the Yeast. <laughs> Mark of the Yeast. Uh, I do like this particular uh, uh, 
uh, uh, sexual assault by tree better than the first one because this one's actually a big black veiny one uh, that comes out of her mouth first, which uh, I like that they went interracial tree with this one more than anything. It really shows the progress Evil Dead is making. What is that song you like so much, Eric? Isn't it Kiss from a Rose? Is this what you mean? That's what I, this is what I picture. Kiss from a Rose is actually me imagining the love, I call it a love scene uh, from Evil Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Is there Rosebush crawling up her pussy? Yeah. (laughs) And then it latches itself to Seal's face. Uh, (laughs) Oh. I play my favorite part of the, uh, the music for that scene. Yeah, please. All right, it, I'm almost ready. Okay. It is. We'll wait. That's my favorite part. Of and be there when I freak the tree. Nice. All right. Yeah. Very good. My favorite three bands, L7, Belly, and Hole. All right. Now you're good. Very good. So, uh, that's all I listen to. She is now evil as hell, uh, but she's kind of flipping in between regular Mia or an evil Mia off and on. Uh, they, she still wants to leave, but they ain't going nowhere because the water has uh, washed out the bridge. They can't leave. They're stuck at the cabin. Um, they uh, David shortly finds that his dog uh, has been killed by a hammer by Mia, which I do like. He finds his dead dog. I'm like, what happened? What happened to Grandpa? And then she's just going, ah! just fucking smashing the dog with a hammer. <laughs> which I love that the dog's name is Grandpa. <laughs> it kind of be concerned i was like where are they from just like jeremy pointed out uh in, in reading west yeah west west virginia doing meth killing dogs country roads i just put two and two together as the uh at the, the the character's name was mia did you all get that no no uh named after mia Farrow, otherwise known as rosemary's baby mm, okay yeah. Also, also favorite um, um, uh, actress of um, Woody Woody Allen. Yeah. Oh, right. hey, hey, uh, you know, in West Virginia, if you knock up your sister, they play the song "Country Loads." Uh, <laughs> all right, I finally got Ashley to chuckle. It's been all. It's been taking. It's been taking all episode, but I got one out hey, of her. Glad you're taking so many shots at West Virginia. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Oh my God, Vietnam Tom, he's back! Yeah, I came out from under my bridge to listen to your fucking podcast. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know you'd upgraded to a bridge. That's great. Where? where uh, how's the bridge life treating you? Well, winter's coming, so I gotta wear clothes again. <laughs> oh man, Although I hate- my beard covers most of my nakedness except for my ass. I pretty much look like Terry Jones from Life of Brian in the hole I live in under a bridge. (laughs) I'm also taking a vow of silence because I'm real religious. A vow of silence. It sounds like you're talking a lot right now. Well, I've held back for so many goddamn years. (laughs) Fuck vows of silence is bullshit. It hasn't helped my life any or my occupations. What are your occupations? 
why don't you work? Because I don't talk, damn it. How are you supposed to get a job if you can't talk? Can't be in customer service, damn it. <laughs> You'd be the best customer service at uh, McDonald's I'd ever had. Um, anyway. Oh, no, it's fine if you use that voice box against your mouth. You're not really talking. You're, it's the voice box doing the job. No, that is true. <laughs> that is true. So, uh. She, uh, Mia then shortly after this killing the dog goes to take a real hot shower. And I, uh, it's one of probably the first gross thing I, I remember in this movie is her taking the shower that's slowly like bubbling up and boiling her flesh off a little bit. Uh, but also following the passages in the book of like, oh yeah, first you got to do this. Then you got to throw hot water on them. And then they do this next thing. And that's how we bring back the ultimate demon. Ba-doop, ba-doop, ba-doop. <laughs> I know this isn't nice, but the chick who carved her face up like a pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. It's an improvement. Oh, really? Okay. You don't you don't find you think she's o- ugly, Olivia in the movie? Yeah, coming from me. She's ugly. <laughs> oh, yeah, she looks like garbage. I'm glad she went with a more black dahlia look for herself. Um yeah. So, uh Shortly after the after the shower scene, they try to rush her to the hospital, but they're still stuck. It's flooded. The gang is starting to realize that maybe, just maybe, shit isn't going as planned. And we'll be able to cross the creek in the morning, and we'll take her to a hospital. Okay? Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I don't know if you'd noticed this, but, but nothing has been fine. Everything's been getting worse every second. So I do like that they have lots of subtle nods to the original one. I mean, this one's kind of a nod of when Ash grabs Ash through the mirror and he was just like, you think it? you just chopped up our girlfriend? You think that's fine? <laughs> so. Uh, it's also a great nod to how uh, great America's doing and the economy's doing great and 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 everybody's doing great. We are, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, gas has gone down 45 cents. Ooh, that's, but that's until the gas tax in Maryland comes back. Let me tell you, woo, biggie, bam, 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 finger guns. So uh, next. I just, I just want more government than anything else. I, I think we need it. I can't make any decisions for myself, actually. Um, I could have like a big screen in my room that it, could just have Mark Zuckerberg looking at my every move. If I could just get government issued diapers where I could just sit where I am and then a government employee to actually wipe my ass every day. <laughs> that's actually the future I want. I actually would like to just be a baby moving forward. You're um, like halfway there. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm if I could be in like a big robot and they could just feed me nuke all the time, I will kill anything. There you go. There you go. So uh, uh, as that happens, Mia enters holding the boomstick and ends up winging David with a shotgun blast as evil bursts in through the door. And we hear this. You are all going to die tonight. Whoa. 
Um, and you can hear a lot of the original Evil Dead stuff going on there, like uh, with that with that little clip of the wind coming in and stuff like that. Uh, paying a lot of fan service here. Uh, they go to go grab the gun, and Mia then immediately pops to life, pukes into uh, Olivia's face uh, in a very good blood puke scene right into her. I would say not as good as a drag me to hell puke face scene, but on par with any puke face scene you, I could remember other than that every every movie that has somebody puking into anybody else's mouth is a memorable scene in a movie it is true uh and- oh by, by the way I, I i really should have mentioned this like a week or two ago but i forget things because i'm old mm-hmm. and i'm dumb uh i was very happy that when i met carrie hen <laughs> from uh aliens she played the little girl known as Sorry, I had a little. Burp. I wish you. I wish that would, that that's actually what Carrie Hen had done to you when you walked up and met her. <laughs> I just burp belched like corn chunks into your face. <laughs> we communicated just in belching. <laughs> well, they come uh, out at night mostly. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. I think when I was just about to go meet her, I I definitely did a Paxtonism, and I said, "Why don't you put her in charge?" <laughs> so the few seconds that i had to to meet with her i was like okay i know this might be a little bit a little bit um specialized but if you could have new t-shirts and at the top of your face it says mostly i think that would be a great t-shirt and she looked at me like okay you're insane next thanks next, <laughs> hey man boy so. Hey, thanks for that. Uh, I'm going to put this with the other ideas people give me at these little <laughs> Comic Cons right in my right in my Trapper Keeper here where they belong as the quote unquote good ideas that I'm definitely going to do. I'll, I'll tell you later about what you threw away, which I dug out of the garbage. So. Oh, OK. Ooh, spoiler <laughs> alert. Stay in tune for the end, folks. Uh, so I have rubbed it on my body naked. She, she gets locked in the fruit cellar, and Olivia is like, you know what? Cellar. Maybe we could just drug her with some more anesthetic and stuff like that. She goes to go grab the needles, but instead gets overtaken by evil because she got puked in the mouth with evil vomit and uh, decides to do a little self-surgery where she takes a piece of glass and fucking uh, yokes her face all the way up to the jaw uh, with a fucking ugh, uh, real tough to not. I'll say it, not as pretty as she was before. Contrary to what uh, Ashley would would have us believe, um, but the <laughs> we see her do this. Um, Eric comes in and she attacks Eric. And what I I don't know why this bothers me, but stabs him with the needle like fifty times. He first of all trips on a chunk of her cheek busts his ass which is kind of funny i think it's a little slapsticky a little evil deadish but takes the needle and just starts stabbing him and actually embeds it underneath his eyeball and then you watch him pull it out like god i don't know fucking why but that that is a good piece of like that makes my fucking butthole tense um and he ends up bashing her brains in with a fucking piece of broken toilet. And I pulled this audio, guys. Now, I watched this on Pluto TV, where you can watch it for free currently, but with ads, okay? And now, I want to play the scene, and then I want to also continue listening to the ad. It immediately played after this line was done here. Here we go. 
just tried to kill me. When the world writes her down in history, we'll begin where she started, at love. A love that started a movement. A movement to always love exactly who you are. To be so in love with your identity that your very essence cannot be contained. It was just a very good spot for Serena Williams' commercial after watching a woman's <laughs> head get bashed in with a, with a fucking uh, piece of toilet. I don't know why. It, it made me laugh pretty good. Can I tell you my favorite part of this scene? Yeah, please. It was this. Hey, Billy, Billy Joel's coming back, man. Everybody loves Billy Joel. Hell yeah. I don't even know what you just played there, but I thank you for bringing it to our listenership right there. I'm a big Billy Joel fan. I, I could tell. Song. Um, face. They, they then go to I've been drinking. Ashley, what were your takes on this little interaction between uh, Sweet Eric and Olivia here in the bathroom? I mean, same same as yours, as far as the needle. So it's a tough watch, right? It's hard. Yeah. It's watching. I I don't. It wasn't so much the pulling out. It was the multiple stabs of like needle, 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 needle. Um, hey kinda... needles, we can't do this. The the Japanese guy that is our boss will find out needles. Okay, that back to the two reference. Okay, all right, I'll take it. Uh, I would kind of love if they redid this scene, though. We could even do it ourselves, but we put it to the the rhythm of that song that's now going around TikTok of the guy from his boner playlist. I I don't think I'm familiar with this TikTok trend. Oh damn! Well, you're way behind, Eric. Next century, man. I don't have time to catch you up. I only I only watch really fat naked chicks on TikTok. I don't know what else TikTok's about. Oh, okay. Got it. Jeremy, I don't like that you've been following my page. <laughs> it's well worth five dollars a month. Come on. So uh, they they go to go patch up Eric in the shed with some duct tape and uh Natalie goes inside for some supplies as uh she hears Mia plea for help and this dumb bitch immediately goes downstairs like, sorry, you were just really scary when you were like demonic five minutes ago. Anyway, uh the second most cringiest part of this movie is where she then hops on top of her with the box cutter and splits her own tongue into with the box cutter, like Oh, no. Now give me a kiss. <laughs> it just starts making yeah, that a was, blood make out. That was her. way worse to me. Uh, yeah. Than the, yeah uh, that was, I have know. personally met um, at least two women with split tongues. Mm-hmm. And the first time I met her, I didn't know that she had a split tongue. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I, I, I put that like the creepiest thing unless you get like an entire facial tattoo with like the, the, the horns underneath your skin and like the eye inserts oh, that make yeah. you look like a demon all the time. I mean, it, 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 I mean, fine. If you work at Build a Bear, you want to look like that. That's fine. <laughs> Build but, a bear. But, but, you know, it really does not help me get a boner. So. Oh, true that. I think that's what it's for. I think that's why there's a split tongue is I think that you rep, you can like muscle, like move your tongue around the dick. Yeah. Does it grip? Does it grip the meat? The size of a pen. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, 
they uh the split tongue happens but she's able to be rescued by uh her sweet brother david um uh is able to rescue uh, Natalie, but she does get bit in the hand. Uh, Eric uh, tries to burn the book, but uh, it doesn't uh, doesn't burn. You find out that the book doesn't burn, which actually closes up a loophole within the Evil Dead universe. Uh, the fact that the book doesn't burn because in the first Evil Dead, Ash burns the Necronomicon, and in Evil Dead Two, the Necronomicon is there. So it's basically implying that Evil Dead One and Evil Dead Two are indeed two movies within the same continuity um saying that the book was never he might have burned the book but it didn't burn uh as that's what they're trying to put together this ties together that the necronomicon is actually the grand grimoire and is also turns into the five stones of the the infinity war got it yes this is all working (laughs) together um this is called the, this is the soul patch stone uh it's made all the book covering is made from human blood and the skin of taint so and it eventually turns into and it <laughs> ends up in a bureaucrat's drawer yeah the chattel wants the time the time police take over jeremy so. your references are all over the place and i you know what i'm here for it you know what i can't even i don't want it to stop i can't wait for season two of loki jeremy so. if the faster you can start uh tying this into the better call Saul universe the better so <laughs> i'll wait till the next thing and see what you got here hey, mr straight man <laughs> so uh <laughs> Natalie's wound, though, isn't healing, and it's giving out black blood. And if it's one thing I know about the medical field, it's if you're bleeding black blood, problems are persisting. Uh, oh, oh, and also the, the Gus Fring um, spinoff is going to be called Fringy. Fringy. Oh, Fringy. He's a crazy meth dealer. He's Fringy. I'm going to kill you with a box cutter. Hey, I'm Fringy. Hey, let me show you my Fringy. Woo! Um, <laughs> so... Uh, her hand isn't looking good, and it starts to turn evil and creep its way up the arm. She's able to get uh, get her wits about herself and takes the electric carving knife. And uh, in another scene, I got to be honest with you, this is, I think, also worse than the box cutter scene for me, is watching her cut her own arm off with the electric knife for some reason. Uh, just because of how it looks and how she takes it like such a fucking champ, where she's like, I'm good. Yep, 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 Not even a noise that she makes, and then it finally, like, falls off, and she's like, Aah! And I, I like the, uh, the deadite, um, uh, Mia just screaming at her, going, Don't do it, you little bitch, don't cut it off! By the way, um, nobody learned this fact. Is it still playing? Sorry. No, you can keep talking, though. It's just, it's just meat-cutting sound. So. No matter what knife you use... You can't really go through bone unless you want to take like an extra five minutes, no matter how good the knife is. Uh, that that guy from the movie uh, 187 Hours, which I think was played by Stoney McStonison, the uh, the actor who, okay. who had his, his arms stuck between a rock in some place in, uh, gosh, awful Nevada or something in like some... Uh, what, what do you call it? Slots or something? I think something. you mean Slots. James Franco, who you calling Stony McStonerson? Stony McStonerson. Okay, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, James Frankenson. So and Mur. James Murr. Yeah. Frankenson. <laughs> so that he had to chop his arm off because it was stuck in between a rock and, no. and with the cheapest ass fucking knife that he could. Yeah, Swiss Army knife. The, 
you have to go between the bones yeah. to get your arm off. So, well, Jeremy, you know, I, if I ever get into a place where I have to sever my own arm, I'm going to try to call you just so you can walk me through it. Well, uh, you know, I'm all about cutting my arm off uh, just because it's it's a lifestyle choice. I'll say, Eric, you can just pretend it's Ollie's jerky and just start biting your way through. (laughs) Why are you still eating it? Because it's free. (laughs) I just call you in in the middle like, this arm isn't mine. It has to come off. So uh, we then, uh, she feels a lot better after it's off, though, uh, as David comes over to to, to comfort Natalie and her arm finally gets like that last little bit just goes broop, and falls on the ground and there's just so much blood coming out of it uh, he tries to go ahead and comfort her and uh, you hear this here I'm gonna put a stop to this okay I promise you- that everything's gonna be fine okay okay baby she just cut her fucking arm off is that so fine <laughs> that sound fine um so i I will i will say this is my favorite gwyneth paltrow role so eric thinks that if he kills mia it'll it'll end it all maybe just burn her because there's multiple ways you can end the mia's life you can bury her alive you can burn her and there's one other way that i i didn't see also they have to weigh her to see if she weighs the same as a duck the witch 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 It's uh, I kind of like that it's a choose your own adventure, but how you die. It's like, all right, like we can either dismember you, we can bury you alive, or we can burn you. But like, so each one's gonna be a little different, a little, a little different Sacri- adventure. Sacrifices have to be made to keep the giant demon from destroying the whole earth. They're like, we'll give you the choice: we could burn you to death, we can bury you alive, or you can watch all three '90s Tim Allen specials. And they're like, burn me burn me alive please god why or, or fourth option you have to listen to the entire quality time catalog no oh, they <laughs> are less, we love it we or, love it or you can have sex with chris, he- chris hemsworth right before you get crushed by the giant demon <laughs> okay <laughs> Ooh, i'll take i'll have what she's having um so uh there, uh, Eric is about to burn the place down. Um, tells him to go hide, but Gretchen is not doing good. She's back with a fucking nail gun. She starts laying down the smack with uh, David and Eric, shooting nails into him. Which, by the way, what a great nail gun! As a as a personal as a person who's used many nail guns, I want this one that is somehow not pneumatic powered that can shoot nails like a hundred feet into flesh. That's a good ass nail gun right there. So um, it doesn't even have to hold the guard. That, that no. actuates it and also is she like have like this big pneumatic hose that she's following with or is it a propane no it's just battery powered it's just a battery powered one man battery oh okay got it it was actually built by tim allen in tool time he's actually part of the evil dead verse it's actually got a 45 caliber 600 watt power on this son of a <laughs> you know, like a super like <laughs> 
coked out home improvement where he's just all on cocaine killing people with tools. Yeah, that's that would be great. <laughs> now you're on to something. I'm Tim Allen, I'm on cocaine. I'm going to kill people. I'm Tim Allen. But as she's bearing down on Eric, uh, uh, Eric gets his hand crowbarred in half during this, which is really fucking gnarly to watch as he's got just this mangled fucking Michael Aronin hand after it's done. And uh, then uh, you see... All of a sudden, uh, he lifts the boomstick and blows off her other arm, which uh, she leaks out even more blood during this. And then uh, laughing maniacally, she falls to the floor uh, and collapses. Uh, Eric is not sure what to do here. He, uh, he, but he uh, just By the pleads. way, in that scene, I totally expected her to fall down at his crotch and then turn around and bite his crotch. Totally lost. Yeah. So Eric, though, is not really sure what to do at this point. Um, he, he knows he's probably going to be a goner soon after all the damage he's taken. And uh, you hear this. This is kind of a long clip, but I think it's, uh, I think it's important. I just don't want to become the devil's bitch. I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm gonna do what I gotta do, okay? And are you ready to do what you need to do so that you don't become Satan's slut himself, a whore for Lucifer? And you better be down here every Sunday. That's right, Cat Daddy. Because the only way to the pearly gates. Ain't walking through a big shiny door. It's on your knees before the altar of God himself. See you soon at the First Presbyterian Church of Latter-day Saints this Sunday. There you go. That was a weird thing that they included in the movie, I thought. I just love the Presbyterian Latter-day Saints. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So, uh... He goes and douses the whole house with gas, and he gets ready to light it, but she starts singing a lullaby, which brings him back, which I, I think this is a white people trope. I've never heard a lullaby and had any sense of remorse at any part uh, in my life. You know, I've just never, it doesn't do that for me. You start playing Kiss by a Rose, maybe Daddy puts down the lighter, but uh, just a random ass lullaby, not doing it for me. I think it's creepy, personally. I don't know. I mean, if I was trying to put, like, Jeremy down like a sick animal and right before I blow Jeremy's head off he's like I'd waver I'd waver I'd be like I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do it and then he's like talking with, with my son <laughs> and I'm like god damn it and I reach my hand out and I pull him up and I'm like I'll die with you so uh, so it's. I play, can I play my favorite nursery rhyme? Yeah, please. Here it is. It's for all the kids. Fish, eggs, fish, eggs, roly poly fish, eggs, fish, eggs, fish, eggs, eat them up, yum. Excellent. Um, get shout out, Barnes and Barnes. I always play that up for all the kids, and they always cry. 
It is true. So uh, he does have his backup plan now, and it is to try to bury Mia alive. But first, he's got to fucking MacGyver himself a, uh, a a shock paddle made from a needle and a car battery and uh, gets ready to go bury his sister alive so that hopefully uh, his idea is, I think, to flatline her, technically kill her, but then bring her back to life and her be cured of this deadite curse. But a lot, of, a lot of people compare this scene to the scene in Pulp Fiction, where he has to put that needle into Uma Thurman's heart. A lot of people, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, he goes down. I like that he does all this prep work. He has this great idea to make this invention that uh, is a like a makeshift fucking EVP paddle or whatever. And uh, uh, he goes down to go get his sister with no plan how to subdue her at all. Like he just comes down. He's like, "Hey, hey, Mia." Man, do you want to come? Want to come outside? I made this hole for you, if that's all right. And uh, she immediately just gets fucking mollywopped. Luckily, Eric saunters his way down and crowbars him, uh, her in the back of the head, saving his ass. Uh, but. As he comes back up, uh, Eric's not doing too good. He finally collapses in the basement with his last bit of breath. Uh, He ends up burying Mia alive, hopefully breaking the curse. Uh, She does a little bit of pleading at the end and goes, why did you always hate me? Like that. But he's like, uh, I wish at this start, if any had any fan service, I just got to hear David go, hey, you got a little something on your face? What? And then I wish that that's my only wish that it, of fan service i didn't need any other parts it would have been just that well so like good go ahead ashley oh okay i was gonna say that like even though we know all of this is essentially eric's fault that is a sentence i have said before and i'm just kidding uh (laughs) um even though we know we know all of this is like sort of eric's fault for reading from the book obviously like what an idiot but can I say I do feel really bad for the amount of beatings that guy took until he finally went down? The yeah. number of times in this movie you think he's going to die, I feel so bad for him. Yeah, he does. He takes it rough. The, the multiple nails in his body, his hand chopped in half. He gets stabbed basically in the fucking heart with a piece of glass. Crowbar. Crowbarred yeah. in the face. <laughs> and uh, finally he's just like, Okay, then I'm gonna lie down now for a while. Um, I think I'm so I'm tired now. Uh, so uh, I wish that any actress in this movie was played by Alanis Morissette, and you get to that moment in the movie and you wait for it, and the guys have to look on their faces. And she's like, "It's all your fault." <laughs> well, if you think about it, she is there to remind her brother of what a piece of shit he is. So. Of the mess he left when he went away. Um, so, uh, damn you, full house. They, uh, he is able to revive her with the car battery, but not. Uh, there's like a little thing where he's like, oh, I guess it didn't work. Guess I'm going home now, alone as a single brother again. And um, uh, he, he, uh, but then she pops up. They hug, and he's like, "Okay, let me just get the keys." Uh, he goes to grab the keys inside, but guess what? Eric has other plans. He's a deadite. Starts ready to fuck shit up. Um, Mia comes in to help, but he hands her the keys and then locks her outside. Uh, and then leaving him and Eric alone within the uh, within the cabin, he takes the boomstick, doesn't aim for Eric, and instead blows up the gas can, lighting the cabin ablaze. Um, as 
as you hear their screams. Um, you get to see then shortly after that, Mia uh, saddened, but you know, certainly relieved a little bit as she watches um, the house burn to the ground. But then shit starts to pop off as it begins fucking raining blood left and right from the lacerated sky and from the depths of the fucking ground in front of the cabin we see the fucking demon that looks just like Mia come from the ground and uh, go on her rampage of trying to take Mia's soul Um, she ends up climbing uh, through like a thicket that goes underneath the shed uh, and we finally see that she has a choice between the machete and then she looks up and she's like oh the fucking chainsaw grabs the chainsaw is able to gas it up can't put the cap on it as evil Mia is coming into there she puts herself into like a crawl space area behind the shelf as evil Mia starts fucking stabbing through the wall with the shetty and then I don't I don't know why it definitely makes me wince when it goes through and like slices her leg at that one part yeah. and just like goes back I'm like oh you're gonna get tetanus lady well uh, especially it's like right over the like the kneecap yeah yeah uh, uh, and the angry, that was fucked up didn't like it didn't like it but she's able to break a board out and then crawl her way through the blood uh, that falling from the sky underneath the jeep can i I say this is my second favorite um uh wall behind wall movie next to uh people under the stairs (laughs) okay i don't hate that i don't hate that no actually you're not allowed to say that hold on 50 something we're deleting that from the episode um stairs is a great movie it is it's one of i love the people under the stairs classic i love it because it's all about racism and they say that never mind okay that's good (laughs) was that some jeremy self-censorship there i'm proud of you big guy this is good. You're growing as a person. Um, so, I'm a monster. So, uh, she uh, is able to get the chainsaw started underneath the Jeep and then takes out the demon's legs and fucking cuts her off at the ankles, which is pretty rad. Uh, the demon did not like that and instead pushes the Jeep over, uh, pinning Mia's hand underneath the Jeep. And, uh, God, just another really cringy scene as it's crawling around towards her. She has to rip her own hand off. Not cut it off rip it out from under it so like d sleeves all the meat off of it and it just kind of snaps like if you're breaking a piece of polio string cheese uh real <laughs> fucking hard watch i i think that was worse than anything else we really saw the whole movie i think that was worse trying to like pull your hand off yeah I think yeah you know what it kind of reminded me of like recent a recent movie is uh gerald's game when she has to fucking de-glove herself out of the uh yes. handcuff it reminded me a lot of that but oh gosh i i'm sorry i gave me like the twinge in my chest when i think <laughs> well, about the degloving of her skin of your skin Ugh. anything like stuck like the feeling of being stuck is horrifying and the panic that it causes it is not remotely the same, but what was it last year, two years ago, when that ring got stuck on my hand because I was having COVID complications, mm-hmm. and I thought I was going to have to break my finger to save that ring, and I was full panic, but I was going to do it because I was like, I will not cut this ring. But you got it off. You got it off. Also, I'd got like got it off. Glad I shared. Yes, Jeremy. Also, I'd like to nominate this movie as second greatest nail gun movie next to Die Hard. 
Yes. Oh, no, I meant to say Lethal Weapon. I'm sorry, because he kills Gary Busey, because he's all... I was just going to agree with touchy you. Touchy-feely at the end of uh, Lethal Weapon, trying to touch women. Okay, got it. Um, so uh, she's able to rip her hand out from underneath the Jeep. So now she's just got this, like, meaty stub here. But the chainsaw is still idling as uh, the demon crawls before her and uh, says this. I will feast on your soul. Fix on this motherfucker. In one of the most brutal chainsaw deaths I've ever seen recorded, I think uh, the, the the this is the coolest, longest chainsawing scene I've ever seen. Maybe outside of maybe bad taste, there's some pretty fucking long chainsaw parts like that, but. This is pretty amazing, where it's just like 10 seconds of just straight, like, and fucking blood everywhere. Uh, The scene where Frodo, like, totally chainsaws uh, Gollum at the end of uh, Return of the King is pretty much the same. It is very (laughs) similar, for sure. Uh, But the the day is saved, and Mia is able to walk off uh, handless, but with uh, uh, a defeating the the evil within the cabin for this installment which uh essentially brings us to an end of evil dead 2013 um if you uh if you do stick around though to the very very end of the credits you do get an extra special easter egg with the one the only ashley williams showing up just to deliver one line groovy there you go. And that is the end of the official official end of Evil Dead. Now, uh, uh, originally, this movie was planned to be um, a kickstart to live within. This is before Ash versus Evil Dead. And the idea was to make another Army of Darkness movie where Mia was then sucked back into the into time. She would then battle deadites in the past. And then a third Evil Dead film um that would basically be a ash and her teaming up to fight the evil dead um which would be the culmination of everything but instead um we ended up getting ash versus evil dead this whole timeline continuity goes out the fucking window um because the cabin still exists in there i mean there's a million reasons why the ash versus evil dead kind of puts this movie to its deathbed uh but i personally uh, i really enjoyed evil dead 2013 it's a real serious tone one uh i remember seeing it in the movies with the great jeremy woodworth on this podcast and uh i remember it was a fun time and it's the first time i've revisited since uh the original watching in the theaters many uh almost a decade prior um jeremy your final thoughts on the uh, on the evil dead um it was great seeing it with you in the theater and i'm sorry i got into the fight with that black guy I was I was acting stupid and I was on shrooms, but um, you know, I, I really really would have liked to have seen the um, uh, Evil Dead uh, Kresge's return. Kmart fights Walmart. So oh yeah, it would be it would be funny if she ended up working at another S Mart like competitor. So like she just does everything opposite. She's a similar timeline to Ash. She's like, oh, I work at Value Mart. Whoa, S Mart is garbage, actually. By the way, by the way, Kresge—that's another word for K. 
K it became Kresk was Kresky. Interesting. And Ashley, your final thoughts on the Evil Dead. Uh, it's a great movie um, for a reboot. I think it's pretty decent, even though it's not very uh, funny or campy exactly. But no, I, I definitely like it. So glad we rewatched it. It was fun. Uh, one one other thing. This is actually one of the bloodiest movies ever made. According to reports, uh, this film used 70,000 gallons of fake blood. Uh, uh, in an interview with uh, Fetty Alvarez, he said they used 50,000 gallons alone just to make all the rain, the blood rain at the end of this. And uh, Fetty did actually do a really good job of making a lot of practical effects in this movie. There's not a whole lot of CGI. They said the only thing they used it for were like fire effects and things. Things like that, um, just to for budgetary reasons and some green screen here and there. But most of like the arm cutting off and the tongue stuff, he's like we they went all practicals because they, they knew that was, that was what the fans would demand. And uh, I think that has something to do with things like uh, like a backlash of 2011's um, The Thing, for instance, which is so heavily CGI'd. I think people kind of see that. And if you're making something that we love for its practical effects and things like that, if you make it. CGI'd, CGI, we're going to have a backlash. It's just how we are. So uh, I do like that this movie was treated with a, a decent amount of respect. Um, my only question leaving this movie is that there is a new Evil Dead movie coming out, I believe. in. I'm not sure if it's the fall of this year or if it goes into 2023, but there is uh, Evil Dead. I think it's called High Rise, and it takes place in like a Die Hard-esque building. The question is, is this going to be set within the Ash versus Evil Dead? Dead universe, or maybe is there a per continuation of this Evil Dead? Uh, I guess it remains to be seen. I mean, I think I'm game for either or at this point, as long as it's a good fun ride. I, I, I think I'll be down for whatever it is. If it stars Bruce Willis and he doesn't know what the fuck's going on during the entire film because I'm saying that's I'm buying it. Ah, uh, you like it? It's just literally him in the Sixth Sense, except he just doesn't know who he is anymore. Um. <laughs> no, he's dead during the entire Fumagachi uh, high rise jack off. So okay. <laughs> You mean Nakatomi Towers? Okay. Yeah, Nakatomi Towers. Yeah. Nakatomi Towers. Nakatomi. Um, uh, Ashley, where can people find you at these days? What do you got coming up? Oh, you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs or uh, Slash and Gash DMV on Instagram. Uh, you can catch me in Silver Spring performing the 15th and 16th of September. And then I will be doing a show, I forget where, in Pennsylvania on the 17th. All right. Check all those. Check out those fucking dates. They're coming in fast. Um, all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Otherwise, check out my socials for upcoming shows and events. Um, and you know what? Go to Slash and Gash's old shop and get yourself uh, a fucking gore whore shirt. It's for the birds. Um, Ashley, Jeremy, take us out of here. Encounter my steel with blue chew.